0: Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, founder and CEO of Tribal Knowledge Podcasting, and my guest is Jason Fair, VP of Digital Strategy at WireBuzz. Jason, it is great to have you on the show.
1: Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to talk with you this morning. Awesome.
0: So tell us about WireBuzz.
1: Yeah. Well, WireBuzz, we are a hybrid digital marketing agency, and when I say hybrid, Really, what we do is we're working with clients across their teams, which include sales and marketing and events, and we're helping them create binge-worthy buying experience online. And it's a lot of fun when we're working with our clients because typically what we're doing is we're mapping out what sort of content that needs to be created to engage and drive conversions ultimately. And again. I mentioned hybrid just because the fact that we are a nimble agency and the fact that a lot of times we're creating content specifically for the sellers to use for sales enablement so they can be more helpful during the sales process. And then we're also working with the marketing team to create these assets that they can leverage for paid media campaigns, you know, marketing campaigns that they're reaching out to prospects, but then also... We work with the events team, and now it used to be in-person events that we're creating a lot of this content for, for booth experiences, and obviously since the pandemic, now it's a lot of virtual, but since the pandemic is subsiding, now we're going back to a little bit of both in-person and virtual, and we have a lot of fun doing it with the team.
0: That's really cool. Yeah, it's a brave new world out there. I think a lot everything's yeah. kind of hybrid, sort of back in the office, but maybe not. In-person meetings, kind of, but some online, that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. This crisis brought up a lot of good opportunities and like myself, I I have a hybrid work schedule. So I'm in the office a couple of days a week and then I work from home a couple of days a week and it seems like that's the kind of the the momentum moving forward is like I think people are more accustomed to doing this hybrid schedule, which I think
0: makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think it does given the technology, right? Good to, good to have the freedom to do it. Yeah. So now on the Wirebuzz website, exactly. you it says there that yeah you guys approach marketing as, or one way you approach marketing is getting prospects to know what you know and believe what you believe. And the you there is for your customers. So what does that mean?
1: Yeah, it it means a few different things. And I think we can all agree that most buyers now prefer to go on their own journey online. And what we're doing is educating our clients and how they can do that not in a, a salesy kind of way. It's more of how can you get into the mindset of your buyer to making sure that you're educating them in a thought linear sequence. So, you know, obviously you were on the site, you may have came across the momentum method, and the Momentum Method is our five-step messaging framework that really delivers a sales argument. And it's this super cool like narrative sequence that we put together that really is the glue that binds your prospect's attention digitally, right? And I think we can all just understand that most people, and it doesn't have to be your typical B2B or B2C, those elements are kind of merging and we're really you know, talking about today's modern market or modern buyer as like H to H or like human to human. Mm-hmm. And we just need to connect with them and get in their mindset and be able to put this argument together as they do their research on any type of solution that they're buying nowadays.
0: Okay. That sounds really interesting. What does that look like? Can you give me a concrete example?
1: Yeah, and this can work across multiple industries, but as I mentioned, there's like a, it's five steps. And the the first step that you need to do in the buyer's journey is you need to align with whatever prospect that your target audience is. Whatever that persona, avatar, whatever you want to call it, all companies have this typically, and you want to align with them at the very beginning and you want to get into their mind understanding what they care about right now today then that's basically the hook, right? You've got them. You've got their mindset. And then as you, you know go down the journey with this prospect, the second uh, part of the framework is to really understand, hey, what's the real problem? Which, of course, your solution solves, right? But your prospects have certain things that they care about. And you want to make sure that you can address those through that messaging framework so you're aligned with them. And then as you go through it, that third step is now you want to bring up like your competitors. And I know this is a sensitive topic because a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to address my competitors and, you know, like, you know, poke fun of them. And it's not really that you're, you know, you're poking fun of them or what you're really doing is having your business have an opportunity to give your value proposition, right? And it's again, it's if that person's going down their own rabbit hole of research, they're going to be popping across multiple sites anyways. So you have a great opportunity right there because you've got their attention. Let's talk about the competitive landscape. And you can even talk about pricing and how you're different if you need to. But it's just a way to align with that prospect to understand, hey, they're going to go through that research on their own. So let's just address it now. Mm-hmm. And then that fourth step, the fourth step, Jeremy, is actually when you talk about your solution for the first time, right? There's only certain competitors or certain companies that can talk about their solution at the very top, which is that first stage. One of the companies that comes to mind is like Apple, right? Apple does a great job. They can start with product right away. Most businesses that we work with, you need to start convincing them at the top And then as they go through the journey, finally, that fourth stage, again, is you can talk about your solution and how your solution solves their problems. And then just like we do our own research, as we go down, there's probably going to be some last lingering questions. And at the very, towards the bottom of that journey, that's where you want to eliminate buyer resistance and have those frequently asked questions that most solutions have because the sales team have, you know, they've overcome those objections. So typically we're working with the sales team and the capacity to understand, hey, what's that buyer's journey look like? What are those frequently asked questions that come up? Let's make sure we get those online. So what happens when that person goes through the journey as they're at the very bottom of that journey? You're they're 80% of the way there. They've got all their answers, you know, all those questions answered and that basically the next step is to either book a meeting reach out to the seller, those sorts of things. But we want to create that thought leadership journey, you know, digitally through that framework.
0: Okay, there's a there's a lot to unpack there. there, there a lot of substance. So I want to go back to, I think, yeah. the, one of the first things you said, the buyer persona. The goal there yeah. is really to say, okay, here's our ideal prospect. We need to understand who are these types of people and what do they really care about? So how does that jibe, though, with... Yeah. Again, the language on your website is getting prospects to know what you know and believe what you believe. Because the, the the whole idea of a buyer persona is to try to figure out what they know and what they believe. So are you trying to convert them to what you know and what you to believe? Or is it more like a melding of the minds? Like you want to bring those two things together?
1: Yeah, it's, dec- it's definitely melding those things together. Because again, when these people are going down their own journey we need to make sure that we're checking off all those mental boxes that they have. Right. And you know, that's the transfer of information. So if I'm a business, you have your sales process. And what happens a lot of time is that sales process happens through the seller. Right. So you've seen this all the time, Jeremy, you go to someone's website, they've got a little bit of information. And then that CTA right away is, Hey, book a demo. Mm -hmm. And let's say it's a Saturday And I'm going down the rabbit hole for whatever solution. And I don't want to wait till Monday for the seller to call me, right? I'm doing my own research. Give me as much information as you can about your solution so I can do my own research because that's the way buyers prefer to learn. And that's the information that we're transferring. And typically what we're doing is we're digging in with the sellers, the sales team, to understand, hey, what's your go-to market strategy? Because sometimes... And I know you've seen this before a lot, Jeremy, but what happens a lot of times is marketing and sales, there's some friction, Mm. right? And marketing saying, hey, here's your collateral, here's the process, here's what you need to do to transfer that information. And then the sellers, like the sales team are like, oh, but we don't message that way. And oh yeah, we use, I know you said five pieces of collateral. We really love these two because they convert. And we help bridge that gap to understand from a digital perspective, the buyer's journey. Well, let's, let's bridge that gap. Let's understand what's resonating with the buyers first. And then also what the sellers are using, because again, we want to make sure whether it's on the marketing side or the sales side, there's alignment. So if I'm a buyer learning about your solution for the first time, if I go to your website, there's synergies with what the seller does too. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times those synergies aren't happening and what happens from the buyer perspective? And if you're customer centric, you want to eliminate confusion, right? Because if there's confusion during the sales process, guess what happens? That buyer bounces because they don't understand what that solution's all about. Yeah. So, really, that's part of the crux of our agency working with clients is really to help simplify that sales process digitally, but then also clarify their message and it resonates across with the sellers and the marketing team.
0: Okay, yeah, that's so crucial. So it sounds like you you help with that sales marketing alignment that's so often misaligned.
1: Yeah, exactly, and you, know, you mentioned personas and avatars, whatever you want to call it. The typical one-size-fits-all approach today just doesn't work, so you need to make sure you have your personas mapped out ahead of time. And most of the clients that we work with have multiple personas. Mm-hmm. And you need to message them differently, right? And it just depends on what your solution is. But, you know, if you're talking to someone, let's say an IT about your solution, you're going to talk to them much differently than you would talk to someone in finance about your solution. Those are two different topics, two different conversations. So your momentum method, that framework that I mentioned, the five-step framework would be different. For each one of those personas, because let's say if you have a one size fits all marketing approach and all of a sudden IT gets this information, they're like, I'm kind of confused. I don't understand how it fits for that, my IT bucket of yeah. things. And then if you send it to the one that has finance, right, they're they're going to get um, confused as well because they're like, well, I don't understand, like, what are the actual numbers, mm-hmm. Right. And so if you have that persona-driven marketing to be like, hey, we're going to message to the finance person about the numbers, right? That's what we're going to talk about through the buyer's journey because that's what they want to know about. And then we're going to get into the weeds with that IT person about how you can implement the solution from a technical perspective. And that's how we're really working with clients and winning big. Mm -hmm.
0: I mean, that's obviously crucial. And uh, you know, I'll be honest, I'm no, I'm no expert when it comes to marketing personas, but it's always struck me that a persona is essentially like a model, you know, it, it, it's a stand in for uh-huh. a whole group of people that you're trying to sell to. And obviously, the, the the more detailed your understanding of the people that you're trying to sell to, the more under, the more you understand about them and their psychology and their mindset, the more successful you're going to be. And the strength of a model of a persona is that at least it gives you somewhere to start, right? You say like, well, the IT guys are more technical and these guys are more about numbers. But of course, every individual is different, right? And within a company, the culture there is different. And the IT guys in this company are slanted a little bit differently than these guys, right? Like, do you – what are your thoughts on that? How do you – go about making these personas as detailed and nuanced as they can be?
1: Yeah, most of the clients that we work with have their personas fairly mapped out, right? So they've got the demographic information, the psychographic information information, mm-hmm which makes our job easier when we collaborate with them, knowing what sort of marketing argument we need to bring to the table for each one of those personas. And so knowing that ahead of time, we can get right into the head of that prospect, knowing what they know and be able to resonate with them throughout that whole momentum framework. And again, without that persona information, that's where it gets real tricky because as I mentioned before, the one-size marketing just doesn't fit anymore. Yeah. And people want to go on their own journey and making sure it's hyper-relevant to them. And if it's not, what happens, just like what we do in our normal consumer habits, we just bounce off that, mm-hmm. right? But it yeah, absolutely. It all starts with who are we marketing to? What's that persona? Some clients call it avatar. Some of them are pretty cool where they call Hey, our number one persona, we call, we call her Betsy and mm-hmm. Betsy does these sort of demographics and these psychographics. And here's some things emotionally that she's attached to. And I'm sure you know this too, but it's one of those things. If you can't engage a buyer emotionally, they're not going to convert, right? Because we buy with our emotions and then we rationalize it afterwards, right? But it all starts hundred percent with that person, with those personas. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's talk about Wirebuzz uh, a little bit and how you guys use marketing to promote yourselves. And specifically, because I'm a podcast guy, I want to talk about the podcast you do. Before we started recording, you were telling me a little bit about it. You have at least 400 episodes, you said, or was it 500 episodes?
1: Yeah, Team Wirebuzz, and it's really led by our CEO founder Todd Hartley. We are on episode 400. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's video marketing mastery. I'll definitely send you the link, uh, Jeremy, afterwards. Yeah. And really, it's educational content, thought leadership content. We recognized years ago. Again, we're on episode 400, so we started this, um, you know, podcast many years ago. And but but we recognize that our customers, our clients, they want to learn more about digital strategy, marketing, the buyer's journey, going customer-centric, but then also using the power of video throughout the sales process. And as an agency, we wanted to be helpful as much as possible and educating them because there's so many topics in digital marketing. Things change so fast, and I know you get it, but we want to make sure we've got the pulse of what's happening, and then we want to be able to share a lot of that and so we've carved out a fairly good niche of thought leadership on our video marketing uh, mastery podcast but then also as an agency we're big believers we drink our own Kool-Aid and so we're also creating a lot of content on LinkedIn that's it's all just topic driven mm-hmm. it's challenges that our clients are having and we want to talk about those have a solution have some thoughts stir up conversation And we do that through a lot of videos that we're working with on on LinkedIn and posting those as well.
0: Awesome. So you guys have obviously figured out one of the keys to podcasting, which is keep doing it. You're 400 episodes in. So this is a long term plan. You build up the audience over time and thought leadership and so on. What are your what are your thoughts on podcasting as a marketing channel? How would you articulate the value there?
1: There's a huge value, but there's also a learning curve. Like we talk about our podcast to our clients because they come up and they say, oh, my gosh, how do you get to 400 podcasts? Like, what's the process? And I'm like, "Okay, do you have about 45 minutes? (laughs) right?" And part of it is part of its mindset, right? Because it's a long term solution or it's a long term strategy, I should say. As you know, podcasts don't happen over 30, 60, 90 days takes years to develop that and you have to have the right skill set you have to have the right theme you have to have the right team to be able to do that but you know my advice if someone's looking into podcasting if you look at the latest numbers and I know you've seen these too Jeremy it's like podcasting continues to trend up for sure even when competitors come into the place like a clubhouse podcasting still is on the rise and the key thing absolutely it's being consistent It's just like a TV show or series, you know, on Tuesday at five o'clock, this podcast is going to launch and you want to have that kind of mindset of a broadcaster to be like, Hey, whatever your schedule is for podcasts, whether it's twice a week, you know, five times a week, whatever it is, short term content, uh, long form content, whatever it may be. The key is absolutely to make sure you're being consistent with it. And you're being helpful. That's the other thing. This podcast that we've created, we have guests on there. We're uncovering a lot of research and talking about this research for digital marketing and how it affects businesses today. And and we've pivoted. It used to be long form content, so we had hour long conversations. Mm -hmm. And since we know people's attention span, and there's a lot of things going on in the world. We ended up re-strategizing it, and so now what we're doing is we've increased our frequency but created shorter episodes that are like under 10 minutes, and of course, with podcasting, you want to test it. Look at the data mm-hmm. in the background to see how it's doing, but but it's a lot of fun uh, when we have the podcast, for sure. Today. Yeah,
0: podcasting is fun, and one thing I love about it as a marketing channel is that it's unique in that it features conversation if you're doing an interview-style podcast, yeah. right? it's that's different than reading a blog post or or even attending a webinar right it's an open conversation between two or more people and there's something unique about that Mm -hmm. when a conversation is, is 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 done well when you have a host who's good at drawing out other people it can be really entertaining and really informative
1: yeah exactly and there's a variety of different styles from you know you mentioned it from having a Really great hosts, and that's part of it for sure. But then also do you want to have guests on? Is it just you? Do you have, you know, a co a host and a co-host, right? And do you want to structure it where you could be again answering these frequently asked questions that your clients have? But then maybe you're inviting your clients or prospects onto your show too to talk about whatever topic that you're discussing. And now you're creating some deeper relationships with your clients and or prospects that you can talk to them about on the actual podcast too. So there's a lot of different strategies for sure.
0: Well, Jason, we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, If listeners have questions or they want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that?
1: Absolutely, Jeremy. The best way to hit me up is on LinkedIn. I've been a LinkedIn fan for many years and they've been making some inroads and really adding a lot of bells and whistles or new features to keep people on the platform, and I think they're doing a wonderful job. So, yeah, hit me up uh, on LinkedIn. I'm dropping information every single day, educational, helpful information for my clients. So that's the best way to connect with me for sure on LinkedIn. Okay, and
0: we'll put a we'll put your LinkedIn link on our in our show notes. Yeah. So, all right. Well, Jason, Perfect. thank you so much for your time and for an awesome conversation.
1: Yeah, Jeremy, thanks for having me. Super fun. Excited to continue the conversation at some point down the road too.
0: Thanks for listening and staying engaged.